Gymnastics Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastics books the best of San Francisco and beyond underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. When you hear the trippy music on MutinyRadio.fm, you know what time it is. It's time to talk about God and belief and all kinds of fun, crazy stuff on Some Call Me Tim! Wow. My timing is off today, folks. This is uh, Pam Benjamin hanging out with you. Wednesday, 520, 2020. 2020, 2020. Lots of 20s. All right. Been reading a lot of tarot cards for myself recently. Thinking about numbers. Thinking about 2020. Thinking about. I'm I'm feeling a little wacky right now. I'm sorry. I'm I'm losing it. I'm a little bit off my rocker. Latoya, the sheriff of truth, should be calling in. That would be exciting. Just had a poetry reading. That's why I'm excited. Because the internal fire in my soul of creative energy is being stoked by people in Glasgow, Scotland. That was great. They all, they asked for my poems. And today was like, I wrote read poems that I was like, I'm not, I don't think they're, I don't think they're my best. I'm working on them, but... Uh, one of the Andy Talbot asked you, oh, you sent me up. Sure, you want to read my poem? Yes, yes, <laughs> please. Somebody read my poems. Anyways, yeah, all that internal conflict. I love poetry because it's, it gives me opportunity to ex- express my feelings. I can't always tell jokes about everything. Not everything is funny. <laughs> Some of it's... <laughs> Some of it's different other than funny. I mean, it's all whatever. It's hard. It's hard to be proud of myself. Maybe that's what it is, that I seek external validation because I don't know how to be. Or somehow being proud of myself is like not humility. And Jesus was all like about humility. And you're supposed to be like, oh, no, no, no. It really was no big deal. I've always wanted to take credit for my accomplishments and I feel like I'm not allowed to do that that's weird I don't know where that came from and I don't know if I created that or if that's an external societal cape thrust upon women I don't know if that's we're not supposed to be like oh my god yeah I did something awesome 
Not that, not that sentence that just came out of my mouth. That was very basic. I was in a commercial and the, I finally got to see like the full thing and I'm funny, I'm so funny, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I'm myself and I'm funny. It's good, it's like me and Jonathan and we're together talking about stuff. It's a, it's a great little timestamp. All right, Latoya, give me a call. Come on, girl. Like my high is already dissipating from my, I'm like, oh, and I'm still on stage. What is wrong with me? I just require too much external validation. But I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about Latoya. So I want her to call. Because, I mean, my life is important. It's great. I keep reading these crazy tarot cards and sort of doing what they say, even though I know it's me telling myself what to do. Fine. It's a tool for introspection. I'm not a crazy, I'm a crazy wackadoo. But I love these tarot cards. Also, a little underused medium of divination the magic eight ball oh god this thing has been making decisions for me all week and it's been spot on like it's been telling i've been asking it really specific questions spot on magic eight ball i don't know i, I do know i believe in all these i don't even want to put the pejorative turn on it and call it crazy but i believe in these feely feel things tarot cards sometimes I have I can't even I, Latoya call it's too embarrassing to talk about sometimes I believe that I can feel when people are thinking about me like it's a uh, oh there she is thank God Latoya can you hear me? yes she just got thank God that you called because I was starting to get into some of my wackadoo dream theories which is not good I I know I I believe sometimes I believe that I can tell like that I'm psychic and that I can tell when people are thinking about me and that I can make people anyway I, it's I'm a crazy person yes how's your how's your week going um I'll say it's better than last week oh good um, ladies and gentlemen I am smiling and laughing uh, in delirium. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, because I, we're not in control of anything, so fuck it. Yeah, we're not in control. Uh, it's all an illusion. And um, you know, it's you know, it's it's, it's it is. I hate that saying. I was it is what it is. But I really hate that. I really hate that fucking saying. I really do. It, it's a poor excuse for saying stuff. Um, yeah, let's just say it's a better, better week. So, is you your know? is your family okay? Did everything work out? Um, she's still. Um, she, let's just put it this way: she doesn't have much time mm. on this earth. Um, but I'm able. You know, I did talk to her Good. and checked in. Um, so, you know, again, that's something that's not in my control. Right. And, you know. Are you having super COVID yeah. feelings of like, the world's falling apart. What's going on? Is it, or are you just, you're giving it up now. You're like, what else? Oh, I, I'm giving it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, oh, by the way, too, um, last week after, uh, I believe it was Thursday, 
No, no, it was last Wednesday, as a matter of fact. That's when I officially got the email that we all got laid off and the place was closing, which oh. I told you I had already known. And so, yeah, so that, that added to my breakdown, and then I got really drunk last week, and I had a hangover and depression for two days where I didn't get out of bed. Oh. So that felt really good. Um, be facetious, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, and... So I've been like that was like the like I had I basically I'm trying not to drink really. I so you I know, did drink last night. It's it's hard. It's, it's hard because I've been uh, I drink considerably less than I did before my fall on my face. I'm a drunk accident problem before my five weeks yeah. of sobriety and I'm again I'm really thankful, grateful that that happened so that I wouldn't be on the same path. Because right now, I'm back on the motherfucking train. Toot, toot, motherfucker. I mean, I've been dream- I had, like, last night I was like, oh, I make, I made, I made dinner. I made, I made dinner for, for the, for the boy and full for, for the comics that I've been hanging out with. And I didn't think that. Well, anyways, I, I did my, one of the one I that I was like really yearning to cook for. He, he did come over later and he did eat some, so I was really happy because that means maybe when he takes a poop today he'll think about me because it was such a good meal. I'm a sick. Oh, I'm a oh sick God. person. I'm sick. It's true. I'm sick. <laughs> He'll maybe think about me while he's taking a dump and be like, "That was good lamb," <laughs> and I'll be like, in my head, "Worth it." Um, but oh, so, so I wasn't lamb. gonna be drinking, and I went to gross out to pick up a few last minute things, and I was like, "Ugh, the wine here is so cheap," and so yes, I, it is. I drank a yes. bottle of wine last night. I didn't mean to. But now that's the thing. Back in the day, back in the day, like January, if I had a bottle of wine, it wouldn't do anything. I'd have to drink two to be like, what? Right? I had one. Right. I was I was pretty sloshed. I was pretty tossed last night, and it was just one bottle of wine. So and a big dinner. So I'm a lightweight now. But and then the day before, I only had. No, the day before I did I I did I had three, I had three beers, and then I had. I split a bottle of wine with a friend. So, yeah. So I and every yeah. th- I'm back to the old Pam where I'm like, "Oh, I just drink now." And then tonight I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know, I really don't want to. Do I?" You know, I uh so So, I you know. know. Like I had two beers, which I haven't been drinking beer recently, and then I split like a kombucha with my cousin. Ah. So and I you know, I woke up kind of groggy where I'm like, oh, man, I don't feel like drinking. Yeah. Well, I've been so, getting, I've been getting wasted, too, so just so, but I mean, these kids. Especially where I'm at in my head, it's not healthy. Right. Yeah. But. What, what else isn't healthy is reading the news. Oh, my God. I won't even pay attention to it. Tell me about it, but I won't pay attention. I mean, I will pay attention to you. That's the thing. I will only listen to the news from you or, like, Matthew Quirk. Anybody else, I can't. I just can't hear it. But I don't want to hear it from maybe Anderson Cooper. Like, he's a, he's a pretty mouth to, you know, listen to bad things happening. But I only want to listen to my friends telling me about what's happening in the news. I can't do it. But please, please tell me, tell me, tell me. All right, so uh, today in uh, depressing news, uh, our president still thinks the hydroxy- hydroxychloroquine, I can never pronounce that, uh, 
the drunk. Excuse me. Ooh, sorry. I'm outside. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, our president says he's been taking the drug that hasn't been uh, federally approved yet. Um, oh, and really? he's trying to base. Yeah, and he's trying to push this onto the market because basically he's got you know some stocks probably involved in that drug. Wow. And plus, it's it's very dangerous, and it's for mostly people who have lupus anyway. So what's going to happen is you're going to have these uh, morons who I suggest, please, take the drug. Let's see what happens. You'll probably die. Um, but you're going to have people who actually need it that have lupus. They're, I have a feeling that these uh, that pharmaceutical company might price gouge, you know. Why is the president so, taking this lupus drug? What's it supposed to do? What is it? Is it I mean, is it like a blood transfusion? He's just trying to make money off of it. He's just trying to make money off of it. So oh my trying god! To push a dangerous drug. But, yeah, so but the other thing, where is, why isn't anyone saying that he, sh you're not supposed to make it's it's an impeachable offense making money, off of being off of using your your, position as president. You're not allowed to, to make money like that. That's it's in the it's in the impeachment laws. It's like conflict of interest. Well, oh. what it looks like is. This is just me and my theory. Insider trading much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, sure. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you know, this guy, I mean, this dude, this sack of shit, um, he can do whatever he wants, so whatever. <laughs> it like, certainly seems have, that way. I, it, I mean, I, I can't even pay attention because I just don't. I, I really, the how long are we going to be shut down? What are the what's the new what's the new numbers on how long this is? Oh, be? so the new numbers. So let's talk about Southern California for a moment. Yeah. Um. So Southern California, Los Angeles County, will be shut down until August first. What? Um, and then and then Maryland just opened. And their cases of Rona have spiked. Um, and then also in Texas, with them being open, their cases have spiked even more. What about Georgia? Uh, Georgia's the Georgia's same way. The cases are uh, spiked. Little uh, Florida, their cases haven't spiked. They've been going down. Um, and then we, we have the clowns in Southern California and like places like uh, Clan T. Um, <laughs> the cases are have <laughs> the cases have spiked in uh, Southern California. So Mayor Garcetti in Los Angeles will not. Oh, I think we lost you. And California is one of the biggest industries. It's the third largest industry in the world, I believe, the whole state. Whoa. So that means Hollywood is going to be shut down still, TV production. Wow. Um, wow. You know, you still have tech companies, oh. you know. The, just, yeah. Hollywood is shut down. The music industry is shut down. I want it. Which this I'm okay. Like... I mean, I love when rich people don't get paid. But. <laughs> I'm like, this is, I don't, I, oh, I, I just lost you. It, you were speaking too much truth, girl. You were speaking too much truth to power, and I lost you. I'm, I, I'm a, at a loss for words. I just started speaking truth to power.
they must have cut oh, you off. Like the government yeah, up. right. The government didn't like that conversation. I'm Why I'm seriously government? I I'm I'm tearing up right now because I'm there's the anxiety continues to build. I have no idea what's really going on. I have no idea if this is why why are, if we opened everything up would everybody die really is it just the oh dude old people that'll I mean, die is it every i i'm so confused i don't and i don't understand like how are we gonna help people pay their mortgages so i'm fine right now because i plan ahead so far that i'm fine until january i honestly am and at least in my own life, not necessarily with the station, but with my own life. And I can't imagine that anyone else is that together. And if they have, I remember when I used to have a, a, a mortgage and it was thousands of dollars a month. What do you do if you don't have a job? And you still have to, what is there, how are we going to, are we just going to give people, are we a socialist state now? Which I don't have a problem with, but. Who, we don't know what we are right now. Are we going to have a I whole mean, new class system? It's like the works and the work nots, and it's like all the real labor people are working, and what all the rich there. people just aren't doing anything? Like, oh, my next – the joke of like, I have nothing in my next Netflix queue. I've watched it all. Where, where are we going to – where do we go from here? I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, man. You know, I, I actually mentioned you um, because we were in uh, we were running errands the other day, and we were like near like like on Van Ness and stuff. And I hadn't been downtown since everything had been shut down, and it was quite eerie. Yeah. And I mentioned the fact uh, that you know when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about like how your woman's intuition and how you like to be home now before dark because mm-hmm. of how eerie things are and how you know, at this time, people are getting desperate, and desperate. With desperation comes violence, and yeah. and so I mentioned the fact about you, like not ever having to have that fear until now, especially where you live. You know, yeah. just, well, it, it, it it does seem like that apocalyptic movie that everyone has seen before, oh, yeah. where we're actually living in it. The, the only place I have felt safe walking late at night, um, I have a buddy who lives down by Baker Beach and in those, like, Presidio apartments. And I was yeah. at his house late, uh, just hanging out, nothing nothing nefarious. Um, but just just a little – it wasn't – it's not a gather. Anyways, so I was at his house. We split a bottle of wine. We were hanging out, doing, talking about jokes and whatever, showing comedy to each other, blah, blah, blah. So it's 1.30 in the morning, and he's like, usually, I guess, people crash at his house. And I was like, uh, no, I have cats. I'm going home. So I walked along basically the ocean, and it's past this, like, there was nobody out except, like, the moon was enough light that it was just like I could see everything, and it was super beautiful, and the weather was nice. And no, but I didn't see anybody. I mean, I was walking at 1.30 in the morning. But if I would have been walking at 1.30 in the morning, in like even when I get off the 38 bus, the half a block I have to walk from there to my house, that was scary. But walking like a mile, you know, in the Presidio was nothing. And it's the same thing. When I come here to the mission, I feel no fear. But when I 
burgeon into the soma or I'm in the tenderloin, yeah, when it's dark, I'm nervous. I get, I've got my stick and I'm ready to, you know, I don't know what unpredictable behaviors happen. your house at one something in the morning. I know, but I did. It was fine. It was great. I mean, I walked, I walked like, I walked like a mile and a half to get to the 38 bus stop. And then the 38 runs all night, so I took the 38. And wearing my mask and being – and there was nobody on the bus anyways. It's like me, the bus driver, and this guy with a metal jacket on. So I'm just waiting yeah. for somebody to I, ask me, where are you going and why is it essential? <laughs> I, I, you know, the thing is, like, you know, I'm, I've read a couple of things about, like, robberies going up and stuff like that because of – Hello, no one. We, we have over 30 million people unemployed. Yeah. And then the people that are working, you know, I mean, th- that aren't working from home, that is, are, you know, people that are in grocery stores and what have you that aren't getting paid enough. Right. So, you know, I just feel that even if I'm like walking around, like I, I'm. Well, of course I'm in before dark because where else the fuck am I going to go? Right. Well, there's and there's uh, nothing to do. Honestly, there's really no reason to be out after dark because there's where are you going? Like, what do you? There is no. There's nothing to do. There's nothing's yeah. open. I mean, even getting to go food from restaurant, nothing's open. It just anyway. It's, I just have a feeling that there's just going to be an uptick in in uh, in crime. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Hundred percent. There already has been. I mean, I've got. I had my shit stolen from me. I just had another buddy have his wallet stolen from him. Like I'm on the poor echelon, and when the poor are stealing from the poor, you know things are fucked up. And in the in the tenderloin, there's like, you know, poor on poor crime. Although I think, are they being cool to each other? It's it's hard to tell because there's so. It is so visible. It is. It becomes more and more visible every day that there are eight thousand five hundred people who are questionably housed in our city, and they were hiding before. I guess I don't know where they were hiding, but all of a sudden, it is. I, and if this is gonna go for two more months, we're gonna be shut down until August. I have a feeling we will. I mean, it's just, you know, it. It just it's it's going to happen. And what else is going to happen is you're going to have these crazy-ass Karens and Chads that like to go up in the store with their Nazi face mask and their Klan hoods, go into city hall and city buildings with their guns, protesting that they want to go back to work like a bunch of slaves. Wow. You know, I don't, and I don't understand what's wrong with people. I mean, honestly. And then you got my people who still want to turn up, who still want to go to the mall. I mean, y'all Negroes have to realize these fools are setting you up to die. Mm. I mean, there was just, there's just recently, and I will read it to the audience, um, this, uh, this, uh, this, I, I, I'm, <laughs> this person uh, he works for the Trump, Trump administration. Actually, accidentally slipped out the fact that um, there is too much diversity, um, and that is why we have this pandemic. A what? You know what that signal? You know what that signal? That's meant? a dog whistle for racists. Oh yes. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh, diversity's um, the problem. 
That is the dumbest. That doesn't even work scientifically or biologically. Diversity is the answer. When you have chocolate labs and they all get hip dysplasia because you keep making the chocolate labs fuck the chocolate labs and then they have puppies and then they keep getting all messed up. It's like diversity is what breeds health, you weirdos. That's the problem. You look at the kings and queens of that. I was, you know, I was in Europe or whatever. And I looked at all those paintings of old kings and queens, and it's very funny because the aristocracy were always very strange-looking. They were really ugly people. And why would you say that? Inbreeding. Because of inbreeding. Of course, kings and queens and princes, and you have to marry the same bloodline because it goes through the bloodline, right? And that's why they were all weak, ugly people. No um, diversity. Back to LaToya. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, I mean it, it. It is. It's. It's beyond a dog whistle. Like we know what he meant. Means. Um, I'm trying to find this fuckface's name. Uh oh. It's just crazy oh, to me that, yeah. like, racism is a tool of the classists to keep everybody poor, and racism is real. But I think that it's also used as a tool. And uh, okay, so we got to wake up to uh, um, Okay, so he is um, uh, Alex Azar. He is part of the Trump administration. He's a cracker. Um, and he, uh, he's uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services. Uh, the White House aide who blamed the CDC for early corona testing problems, calling, um, he called his comments of uh, uh, – <laughs> The corona response, what did, what did he exactly say? He said that basically, yeah, basically, like, the blame was too much. Uh, There's just too much diversity, and he let it slip. <laughs> so he let he basically let his racism slip out of his mouth. He wasn't, he wasn't supposed to say that, but whoops. So he said... Um, suggested the underlying health conditions of uh, Americans in uh, minority communities. Uh, he said, unfortunately, the American population is a very diverse. I mean, oh. it's a population with a significant unhealthy uh, uh, bodies that make many individuals in our communities, in particular African-American minority communities, particularly at risk here because it's a significant um, um, underlying disease, health disparity, and disease. Uh, comor uh. comorbidity, uh huh. Yeah, when they're together. Thank yeah. you. So he he slipped out. Yeah, but here's the comorbidity problem: is that the black people are are African Americans are like what one two percent of the United States population? There's not even that many. Uh, honey, we're more than that. Are really? I don't. I 30%. I have no idea. Ten percent? Yeah. Maybe just because it's San Francisco, 13. I'm like, how many? Thir okay, 13%. But 33%. Yeah, you're about San Francisco. Yeah, 33% of Americans are morbidly obese. And type 2 diabetes has been on the rise for years. There was no type 2 diabetes in children before like 1980. And now it exists and it's a big thing. And if there's this COVID thing that deals with comorbidity and it's pe with people that are obese and have. You know, and it's all dietary issues because we problems. eat. Re well, not uh, respiratory stuff. And now, that's the other thing is I guess 
it makes sense because we endanger so many populations by g only giving them access to this awful food. We only give, we don't give people access to healthy meals that are affordable. We don't teach people how to cook well, anymore. We it, go, go to McDonald's. It's all about economics. What it goes yeah. back to is because you have food deserts in a lot of black yes. neighborhoods. And, and also, too, the fact that a lot of us do work lower-paying jobs, and those jobs don't offer health insurance. A lot of us don't have health insurance. Yeah, yeah. And plus, it's a little, it's too expensive. Sure. And then it's all, it boils down to economics. Yeah, yeah. But let's go back to what this cracker, uh, Alex Azar, you know. Yeah, yeah. The majority of the population, 70% is, it's white. You, the majority of white people, the, the, well, not majority, there is an opioid epidemic. Yes. Remember so that? that means on top of that, you have people who are contracting hepatitis. Yeah. On top of the fact that you mentioned obesity. Yep. You have a lot of obese people in a lot of these rural communities as well. Yep. Um, Look at Honey Boo. What, remember, remember Honey Boo Boo? And everybody laughed about it, laughed at the fat little five-year-old. Oh, look at that chubby, fat, obese little five-year-old and how cute that is. And how we're like, she, this, she could die of COVID because it's she's the, fat. It's the narrative that many, not just this administration, but many administrations past have used to harm African Americans. I hate saying that, black people. Um, in this country, and it's beyond a dog whistle. We know what, you know, the reason why you have these crazy-ass crackers going to these rallies and um, terrorizing, like, governors and mayors with their guns going to these uh, um, state buildings because they think the disease is just predominantly in the black or brown community. Really? When it's not. They're getting the, the false narrative of it's them, not us. So let's go back to work. Motherfucker. Well, no. It affects everybody. It affects everyone in each class. Yep. It don't matter if you're Republican or a Democrat. It don't matter if you're uh, what race you are or what sex or what gender. It's a fucking virus. But why then is everyone still alive in the tenderloin? <laughs> like... <laughs> There are tents. People are sleeping outside. Nobody's sick. Are they? No one's wearing masks either. Walking down the street in the yeah, Tenderloin. No, no one's wearing masks. Nobody's. I mean, if they're coughing, it's because they're coughing on a cigarette. The, the I, there's, But that's my thing. Why? They're the most vulnerable. It's such, it's such a scapegoat. Like... I just don't. It's 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 the the only way that Trump and his cronies can even try to win this election is by using the same. Stop it! Are you thinking though tactics. that the reason that we're keeping it shut down longer is that the longer we keep this going up up until that because we'll just keep horses in midstream? Do you think this is a ploy by the Republican government to keep Trump in office because? How would we switch at a no, time like this? No, they want us to go back. Trump, they, Trump wants people to go back to work so he can keep making money. Uh, they don't like to shut down. But maybe 
maybe there's a maybe they're actually playing each other off it maybe he does want the shutdown because he can stay being president but he's just saying i don't uh, open it up open it up just so that they'll have to say no so that he still kind of looks like a good guy no no this is it's plain as day they want to make money because they're losing money right just like you had here in alameda county the tesla uh factory right. was forced to open because Elon Musk was touting about the fact, because he's not making money, so he wants to put other people in danger by building a fucking car that no one's going to fucking buy right now because ain't nobody got no money and right. ain't nobody going nowhere and so now he's putting people in danger wow. in a life or death situation and just because of you, you already got enough money, as you say. Well, and now here's here's what, the existential he, question. The, the existential question is, isn't every moment of every day a life or death situation? Aren't we constantly well, facing our own mortality? Like, our, But that would be by our choice, not being forced into that's, some kind okay, of fair. servitude because yeah. I have to, because you're forcing me to work, yeah. but I, I could be getting sick. And yeah. my family's sick. Yeah, yeah, my, that's the thing know. too. Is once you bring the family into it, like, yeah, it there's a whole different dynamic. People with kids and with older people they care about that they live with or that they're caretakers of. I mean, it's it's hard for me just because I have to open up my little empathy window in my brain to be like, okay, not everybody's, you know. Not everybody's me, <laughs> and so I and I and I have to remember that they have their own lifestyles that they are accustomed to, right. and that they believe in, and that they their reality is is very different. So whenever I try to shove my reality on them, and I'm like, well, why don't you just bleh, just why can't you just do shrooms and hang out, man? Like whatever, <laughs> make a radio program. They're like, I have kids, you weirdo. So I get it. But, I mean, not only is the fact of, you know, him forcing people to get back to work at that factory, mm. that also puts all of us in danger, too. You know, Alameda is not far away. Right. Someone in Alameda could live in Oakland or Berkeley right. and then pass it on to someone that they know they met or ran into at the store. And I that person that was... You know, the vectors. I'd I'd like to see I'd like to see some vector data, uh, in that I'd like to see who I'd like to s- once we have testing data and I know that people in San Francisco specifically are are getting tested and the whatnot. Um, yeah, uh, my cousin and Marcus got tested. I need to get tested. But once I once we get that um, that data, I would really like to know even on like a map of moving around. Who, who was a vector, Victor? Like, who, where we know, like, was did the cruise ship do something? Did someone get off that cruise ship or whatever? And then we see like the lines we'll of where know. they went. I'm just really interested to see some sort of fast-moving map of how it spread, where it spread, and how quickly it did. If there's a mathematical vector program that one could devise, I think that would be super cool. Cause I'm. Was I, and I'd also like everyone to get, there should be a global test so we can all get tested. Because I think that's interesting data that, did I have it? I don't, I never got sick. I've never, I haven't had any symptoms of anything this entire time. I've been healthy as a 
fox. I don't know. I tried to think. I'm like, healthy as a what's a healthy as a clam is not a thing. But I've been super healthy. But maybe, and and wouldn't we want to study that if people could get the virus and then recover from it, or that they have the antibodies, or their body fought it, and then like, wouldn't you use that like science from inside the bodies that fought the, you know, like, wouldn't you think that if if we had enough. Maybe we just don't have the money for the research or if it's such a big deal, you'd think that they'd really be having the research all down and they'd be like, you know, like in World War II when they're like, join the army. I I think that's something in the future after, you know, this pandemic is done. Yeah. You know, that's probably something that'll be studied and what have you. But as of right now, we're just trying to figure out – Everything is human error at this point. Right. Ah, you know, everything is just human error. Oh, I was also reading, too, in, in UK news, um, Prince fucking Charles, you know, the cousin, cousin sister, fucking mother, dad, inbred uh, royal family over there. Mm. So Prince Charles made a statement uh, stating to the UK citizens, how about you guys start picking fruit? Now, the reason why he made that statement Bruh, because why during around this time, a lot of it, this is a, this is where the peasant thing comes in. There, this is where the classism comes in. So, um, usually around this time, a lot of immigrants come over uh, to the UK uh, for seasonal work, and they're the ones that basically do the hard labor of picking fruits and vegetables and what have you. And then they go back with the money that they uh, had made, you know, to their families. They do it, like, every season. Well, now, since of the virus, no one is able to come and pick fruit or what have you. And so Prince Charles says, <laughs> here, my British, uh, my British uh, people, how about you guys pick fruit for the British government? <laughs> you subjects. <laughs> Just the peasantry, and just the, just the, oh. Help, help, I'm being oppressed. Look at the violence inherent in the system. That's old Monty Python (laughs) reference. Um, Let them eat fruit, let them eat cake, go pick the fruit. Wow. Wow, Prince John. I mean, talk about. Not, not. We'll talk about being distanced from your distance from your constituency. I mean, I think that's what Diana did. She, she. She really cared about people, it seemed, and, and she had a way with, like, the public. And the aristocracy, you see, they're so, they're so removed. They have so much money and privilege and power. They just can't imagine. They're like, oh, your Netflix queue. Oh, just sit on your couch I mean, and this, eat fruit. <laughs> this coming from a family that has pedophilia into it, and, you know, because we know about Prince Andrew and him and uh, Epstein, Oh, they were on the mm-hmm. island together? Mm-hmm. Yep. Rape island. Uh, oh, girls under totally 18. The, the, the citizens of the UK to pick, like, it's the same bullshit that they say to us here. Well, it's, it's anybody like, with money can do anything they want. And I say that because it's true. If you have enough money, it's the same thing. Trump says, I could stand in Times Square and shoot someone and they'd still elect me president. Like, if you have enough money, you can do anything. And that's awful because we like to believe in morality. We like to believe in intrinsic worth or we, we like to believe that 
people are moral. But no, if you have enough money, you can have a wife and fuck as many bitches as you want. You can have sex with children and not get caught. You can, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the bad things you're not supposed to do. Like, uh, you can, I'm like, coke off hookers tits. That's legal, right? No, I, I sex work should be legal. Anyways, money somehow I'll just say, I, forgives I, all. I, I, it's just like, you know, I, I have a feeling, hopefully the world will end up protesting or doing something about, you know, this, this, this let them eat cake era. Well, these, these little pieces of paper. And they're telling us, huh? These little pieces of paper that float through our hands. They've convinced us that money is real. Money isn't even real. Goods and services are real. And money isn't even money anymore. It's all digital. Everyone's on cards. There are numbers flying through the air in banks. It's all a hoax, a farce that we've all bought into because we're stupid. I don't know. Here, we all of a sudden, we're not going to, what, need money? And what, 20 years ago, we could have done this. We could have been taking care of everyone. And that's the thing. Can we just only take care of Americans now? We're a whole world. The whole world is affected by all of this. And we can't take care of everyone. And what some people aren't people, but some people are people. And you have to be a rich but what what if money doesn't exist who's rich and who's poor who's better than anyone else aren't we all equal ah i lost you oh my god that's so funny latoya i think that the government cued into our conversation they're like we don't like it <laughs> yes I'm telling you every time we have a, every time we have a good governmental rant of some kind they 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 cut you off they say no free speech no Free speech here, Mutiny Radio. A little bit eerie, isn't it? A little bit, a little bit. I was, I was just in the. I, I was just saying the fact that, you know, tying into what the show is about, how money is religion. Yeah. And it is how now that they want us, the subjects, to sacrifice ourselves for the church of money. Yeah. For God, which Shh. is money. Right. And that that's you the know, thing is whoever has so- whoever has the most money is God. Like that's the way it works. Yeah. I mean, and even, you know, we have the evangelicals, you know, we know how much you know, basically the evangelicals are the ones right now who are leading the masses. Mm-hmm. They, you know, sacrifice grandma and grandpa or yourself for the economy. Mm-hmm. Well, they Everything used- is the opposite of what Christianity is supposed to be. And this is crazy right now because they used to say, they used to say time is money, time is money. Now we've got all the time in the world. And it's like, what are you doing (laughs) with your time? I know what I'm doing with my time. I, I, if if we all, that's the thing. If we all had all the time and we could be taken care of, what would, what would we do? And yes, for the first week, I think that a lot of people just masturbated. I think that's all they did. I mean, of course. But then you get to a point where it's like, I've watched everything in my Netflix queue. What am I doing? And then you pick up a book or read or cook something or go out and garden or do create something of value or worth or craft or meditate or listen to music. Cook, bake. Cook, bake, all of it. Cook or bake. So, I mean, what would we do if we had all the time and and all all the resources? Well... They don't want you to think. No, I don't want us to say. They definitely don't that's want us to say fine. anything. Yeah, I mean, that's why, like I said, you have these crazy crackers 
with their guns wanting mm, to nope. go back to work so they can be in digit service to what? Well, because they're so bored, because they don't remember what to do with their lives. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. No, it, I'm it, happy. It, it, it I'm so... What it down to is our money. Yes. Except, I'm, I'm so happy right now. Like, everything's been great. Last night, I made this lamb dinner. It was so good. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. The kids came over. I've been experimenting with stuff. I made a glaze last night with a puff pastry. Ooh. It came out okay. Ooh. I'm going to experiment tonight. That's one thing that's been keeping my sanity is cooking and trying different things. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and working out. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, th- that's actually been saving me. I, the walking, I walk about five miles a day. It, I walk a minimum of five miles a day because I walk back and forth to the station. And, um... Because the bus is scary. It really is. The bus is just a vector. The bus itself is a vector for coronavirus. I mean, it's everywhere, right? God. But uh, yeah, I like to... Yeah, you're I, absolutely right. The, I think you're safer. Yeah, walking. Just walking. Just walking. Before dark. Yeah, before dark. No, I'll leave before here today, dark. you know, in the afternoon. It'll be a beautiful walk. The sun is out. I'm in a great mood. Like, everything's good. I, I'm, I'm smiling at people, and I feel like a dick. And I... I mean, even so that remember that, uh, com- the commercial I did before I fell on my face, uh, that came out and it's uh-huh. really cute. Uh, and nice. yeah, right. And we do the outdoor comedy here on Friday. I'm super looking forward to that. I've got a new Twitch channel channel show. Um, my buddies made a Twitch channel and it's called like Green Works or something. And uh-huh. I, I have a new show. It's going to be Fridays at six. And so me and another comic, we are the voices of these snails. So it's basically going to be a live stream of snails just in a cage. And then we're going to be the voices of the snails and, like, improv weird stuff. And, like, right? It's going to be fun. I think it's going to either be – it's either going to be hilarious. Well, it's going to be me and Sam, so it's going to be hilarious either way because he's super funny. I mean, unless he's in a bad mood or, like, sullen or unless I – freak him out and even if I do even if I weird him out which I'm totally bound to do we could talk about it in snail voices it's gonna be great I feel like the half hour is gonna go very quickly um speaking of snails yeah um have you heard anything from your former employer my former employer snails um vendors oh no I don't know what's going on Uh. No, I know. I'm so bummed. I ran into one of the um, one of the owners lives in my neighborhood, uh, Vanilla Gorilla. Shout out, Big Kev. He's badass. And I just ran into him, and he was like telling me about just in general that what's going on. And I was like, oh, just when will it be back? I miss my friends. Like, I don't know. I love I love my life right now. I fucking love it. I'm super happy. I mean, I miss I miss <laughs> a lot of people, but I the people that I am able to interact with. Right now, I'm just like, oh, I'm just so happy that I still have like a, a core group of people. But I've been I've been reaching out on all this other weird shit. Like the second week in a row, we've done our Glasgow, Scotland thing. It's like, what? That's cool. And one of the people from that poetry reading was like, hey, will you do this thing with me and this other thing? I was like, yeah, sure. So all these strange 
avenues are opening up. And I, you know, this is a, for me, this kind of feels like summer camp, like it's creative summer camp time. Like, oh, what do I want to do today? I'm going to take some shrooms and go on a walk and then write a poem about the sky. What am I going to do today? I'm going to wake up and I'm going to smoke pot and I'm going to bake a bunch of, this week I made um, mounds. I made coconut, like just like mounds with the dark chocolate covering with weed in them. Yes, they are. They're very. They're That's very tasty. Delicious. Yeah. Um. And then I made. See, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I Sorry. made. I made um walnut caramel that then I put marshmallow over it and then I cut it into candy bars and I dipped those into chocolate. Oh yeah. You lost me with the marshmallow. Oh, you don't like marshmallow? <laughs> oh, I love marshmallow. I I'm marshmallow. crazy for marshmallow. I like soft. Spongy, delicious things in my mouth. Oh God, I am, I am having trouble being. Well, I mean, I'm getting used to being alone, but I forgot like how important sex might be. <laughs> I forgot about that. Forgot about that. It's one of those things like when you when you're swimming when you're like swimming in the ocean and you're like water, whatever, blah, you're just like splashing around, having a great time. And then you're like, oh, I don't want this body of water. And then you're, and then suddenly you're at Burning Man and there's no water anywhere and no one's brought you any water. <laughs> and they're like, I you didn't bring you your own water? No, I didn't. <laughs> I've appreciated the fact that you're using bodies of water yeah. as a metaphor for bodies of sex. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I need it. I didn't realize I'm. I am a. I am a menopausal woman, and I need to get laid. I Here don't know what's going to happen. This is this is the this is the fun part of being a, a woman of age. Oh, is it? You know, life does not end. The freaky time begins. The freaky time. Man, hey, how about this? I've gotten in such good shape again. I can do handstands and cartwheels again. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah, I know. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I have been. Here's the thing. I've never. I, I mean, I. we know each other. We've known each other for years. I'm not really a cock gobbler. But I've been fantasizing about oral sex like crazy and I've never like as like a feminist I'm like you know I don't give I like I I am I'm a crazy person right now I feel like I'm like just constantly sweating like like I'm a oozing snail mucus and I want to like rub up against things it's bad it's bad news <laughs> I know I feel like I it's gonna be weird to be a snail here too did you know that snails are hermaphroditic? Snails snails have both male and female parts. And that when they like each other and they start getting up on each other, their sex organs are actually in their neck. And so they like what? they like rub necks against each other. And then they both have penises. But before they figure out whose penis they want to use, they send out this love dart 
and it's literally a calcified like arrow that's sharp and it like makes it so that one of them is becomes the woman basically and so the other one spooges his he spooges his stuff all over her and now she's a her but they're a they they're a they all snails are theys I know it's weird. I've been studying snail facts, snail facts, because I have to talk like a snail. It is. And they think that Cupid's arrow, the origination of it came from the love darts of snails because you like shoot them, but they live. But that's how you know they love you. Yeah. Shoot that poison arrow through my heart. Oh, that's a great song. Shoot that poison arrow. Rap. Do, 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 do. Oh, wow. There you go. Mm. I have a. D- oh, d- go dancing again. <gasps> I mean, I watched the Studio 54 documentary last night, and all it made me want to do was Isn't drugs and sex and dancing. I wanted to go there so bad. I, I would have been dead by 1987, oh, though. Me too. <laughs> but when are we. And when I was watching that, I kept thinking. Is that ever going to happen again? Are we ever going to get the opportunity again to have like no. Studio Fifty Four dancing and like no. the, the discos? Are we allowed? No. Are we not allowed to? Are we really no. never going to be allowed to gather again? What about like roller skating rinks? Are we ever going to be? <laughs> roller skating doesn't matter, but I want to go. Are we ever going to be able to go into a big room with you loud music and lights and hot sweaty be. people? We'll be able to gather again in 2021. When I'm, when I'm 60, <laughs> you can wheel me around in my wheelchair. I'll be like, I remember Burning Man in 2007. Now that, that was we really gathered then in the desert. I actually, <laughs> I actually got a Facebook today from uh, my high school 20th reunion that would have been coming up. Oh. Um, and so it is now postponed, so I made a suggestion. I'm like, how about this, guys? We have a 21-year uh, <laughs> reunion. We'll just slide in this to the class of 2001 reunion and just take over. Yeah, sure. <laughs> then you don't have to do any work. That sounds perfect, you millennial fucks. No, I'm kidding. That's funny. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> you just show up. You just crash the party. You're like, yeah, we're millennials. That was funny. Like, what would you I, think? I, I, <laughs> it's like the scorpion, the scorpion hey. that he bites the frog, and the frog's like, what? And he's like, I'm a scorpion. Like, what? What did you think was going to happen? Hey, we are early millennials, okay? No, I know. You we were like the first. We are not the 1990s kids. No, you're <laughs> we, like the first millennial. That's, that means you're young. You don't want exactly. you, But you would have been pissed if I would have been like, oh, you Gen Xer. But you're not a Gen Xer, so that's not fair. I am not. I'm a solid Gen Xer. I think I was a Gen Xer, and I I had my generational gap wrong. It stopped in 1979. And poor 1980 does not get to have a... It's a no-man's land. Being a millennial or... uh, Yeah, the no-man's land. It's a no-man's land. 1980, Reagan being elected, Nancy, uh, all that. It's just a a no-man's land. It's just a confusing place of jelly beans. Uh, and uh, broken dreams, jelly beans and broken dreams, baby. That's 1980. Broken dreams. <laughs> it's not a Jelly beans <laughs> and broken dreams. That's what broken. the 80s were about. <laughs> Trickle down. Don't scream or shout. Nancy won't let you do drugs. 
Let everyone out of the mental institutions. Put them on the street. San Francisco is a place to be. I'll have to cut that out. That was a good little impromptu song. Yeah. That actually, that actually sounded like an ad from something in the 1980s. That was really good. Thank you. It's the 80s. Let's introduce. You can tell your parents were Reagan people. (laughs) Yeah, they were. I believed. I wrote a letter to Reagan. Yeah. The crack epidemic (laughs) isn't real. It's just something that we really did. I can't see. I can't rhyme it. The the crack epidemic was real. It's like, don't believe that crack is whack. It's only for black people. (laughs) Just just kidding. Because that's what the CIA did. That's what the CIA did. They put it in there. I mean, here's here's my question about crack. That was great. Do Cocaine is turned into crack. Do you make, does it take a little bit of cocaine can make a lot of crack? Is that why crack um, is cheaper? Yeah, just a little bit. And baking soda, they mix it, yeah. But then how does it, Yeah. so it's it's just basically making a smokable version of cocaine. It's a poor man's cocaine. Just but really it's made stuff. of cocaine. Yeah. That's cocaine so funny to crack. me. That's so that they. It's it's basically just Cocaine's a. Cocaine's more pure. Ah. Uh, you know. Right. You know. Well. But yeah, and but but also here's the thing with uh, cocaine when you make it, you know, you do have ethanol and other chemicals that are involved when breaking down the coca leaf. So that would. And but then. You even dilute the coca leaf even more when you add other ingredients when you're making crack. Right. See, so I've had diluting the the coca leaf even more with more chemicals. I've had coca tea from my buddy back when I worked at Ethan Allen years ago. Um, one of my buddies, she came back from Colombia. She was a she went on vacation, whatever, and she brought back this box of coca coca tea, and she tried one and she was like, right. I don't like it, and I was like. This shit is great. And I don't know if she like smuggled it back in or if it was legal, but it's they were just tea bags. And I could use the same tea bag like all morning. And it was like drinking six cups of coffee. But that was it. It wasn't like it wasn't like I was on cocaine, like I was like, let's talk about my dead cat for five years. No. Like I mean, it wasn't like that everything I think is amazing and I need to tell you all about it right now. Let's all talk really, really fast together in a room. Yeah. It wasn't like that. It was like it was like I'm yeah, exactly. awake and feeling groovy, and let's go about my day, and that was just coca tea. Yeah, that's it. that's exactly what the farmers would do. You know, they either chew the coca leaf or they would uh, make a tea out of it, and that would get them to work uh, oh, yeah. a lot longer and faster uh, on the farmland, or they would travel, you know, to push themselves to you know to because they were on feet, obviously. Yeah. So work first, walk farther. So. Yay, I miss cocaine. Well, you on know. No, I have to be retiring. Yes. Hey, you're the best. Thank you so much for calling in, Latoya. It's always a joy and a pleasure to catch up with you and, and for you to tell I, me what's happening in the you. news. We will, yeah, I miss you. I actually miss being in the studio. Yay, you know? I miss you too. I, I, I feel like these aren't as legit, but they are. We're just doing it in a different way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I just had to keep, I just miss being in the studio and having the presence 
of you. So, but yeah. I, you know. I miss you, Drew. I love all of your pictures on Facebook. You, I can't wait for. Oh, um, thank you. It's uh, it's it's backyard bikini weather. I'm gonna see pictures of Latoya. She's got lots of bathing suits. Oh yeah. Put them all and look cute. I uh, agree. Uh, uh. I'm trying to get swimming suit ready. Hell yeah. Where? I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I man, <laughs> I've been wearing cute underwear every day just in hopes that maybe. Someone might at some point be able to see them. Like, <laughs> it's so crazy. I've never, my body's never been like more it's like, awesome. I haven't, I've, I've never been more proud of sort of my body and stuff. I mean, I hate my face with the wrinkles, but the rest of my body is, looks oh, really God. good right now. And I have no one to show it to. <laughs> I don't want to Do start being this Instagram. Yeah, I know. Do you yeah, hear this? I'm such you a too can check out Pam's body. Well, if you like. I don't know how to take selfies. That's the other problem. Is now I've got this fancy phone. I have no idea how to selfie like myself in a thing. Practice. You got plenty of time. Show the how do I? Yeah, my butt is my best you, feature. Be, how do I take a picture of my own butt? You you are vain just like me. Mm. So you will, if you practice, you will get this down the selfie. Okay, I, I'll try to work it out for next week, because I've got, I, I mean, I I would like, I don't, I need I need some positive male attention. <laughs> I I love this honesty too. Quarantine ass. I want it. Girlfriend, girlfriend's got to get it. There's only so much touching yourself you can do, and plus, good vibrations. It's not open. It's not open. I'm so glad that my <laughs> vibrator has um, it's a wall plug-in charger thing, so. And waterproof. Yes, be Exciting. happy. Oh, I'm oh, happy. Hey, hey, hey. myself. Yep. Uh, thank you so much again for calling. Right, You're girl. the best. Talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. That was Latoya the Sheriff. Love Truth here on Mutiny Radio. www.mutinyradio.fm. This is I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm I'm losing it today. I'm fucking losing it. This is a crazy podcast. I'm going to put it on. It's not that crazy. I'm not that crazy. I'm going to put on the safe sets. Um, This was me and Aaron Atkins talking on Sunday. Uh, He's just just a joy. Ball of wonderment. Love that guy. Can't wait to see him when he drives through the city uh, but this is the rest of it's just a conversation we were having about god and Gucci and i don't know poetry whatever but if we can look at it from our lens like hey these old navy jeans cost 12.99 why because there's a woman in india who's been chained to her sewing machine for 20 hours a day and she's worried about her kids and what else does she have i mean you can right. coming from a place of of privilege, you can illuminate the oppression that exists, but try not to claim the oppression for yourself, right? (laughs) I feel like, I mean, you are ignoring your own privilege when you say that just because you're a member of this group, you know, like, like, I know tons of women, like, okay, Kristen Cavallari, bro, that's a privileged woman. That is a woman that has more privilege than her straight white husband because she doesn't have to work. She gets all this money. She gets treated amazingly because she's a beautiful white woman. You know, is that to say that all white women, that there isn't sexism? 
No. Women get discriminated against all the time. Obviously, but those Christian Cavalieri? No. You're a beautiful, you're an attractive white woman. There is an enormous amount of privilege to that. And to say that there isn't is is just fucking debasive. And the same thing with like rape culture. Like there is rape culture, yeah, but it's not like how it's like in Saudi Arabia. And to, have, and to yes. try and equate the two is so fucking debasive. And it's backwards because the general public know that. The general public are like, that's fucking stupid. And, and, and it pushes the whole movement backwards. Women's rights isn't about air conditioners being sexist in office buildings. Absolutely not. You know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I'm a liberal and I'm very progressive with these things, but I guess I'm just too cynical to buy into every fucking New Yorker article that I happen to read. Reddit. Oh, you know how to read? That. That's amazing. That's like you're four oh steps ahead of most Americans. You read? You still read, Aaron Atkins? Stop. I, I love reading. I you have critical thoughts? Stop it. You're not a real American. They want us all. I'm to not. Just... If I don't buy into the liberal agenda, just right. I agree with the liberal agenda, but you know, I, I and, and I hate, I hate these these conservative young men that are like conservatism is the new punk rock. That's the stupidest shit I ever heard. But they do have a point in the fact that mainstream ideology is liberal ideology. And the thing about liberal ideology is unless you buy into it 100%, like if you're 85% into it, you're 15% Republican. You're 15% problematic. And I think that's alienating and anti-theological. And also because it's an all or nothing. It's one or the other. We have a dualistic where either Democrats or Republicans. We should have a multiple party system where people can believe all kinds of things. Like, open it up. You know, why why only have two parties? Why does it have to be so bifurcated? Why does it have to be one or the other? Why are we so dualistic and we can only have God and the devil? We can only have Democrats or Republicans. We can only have evil or good there's a spectrum that's a great question i I, I wonder why that is though because there is something that is so kind of hard for us to get yeah it's it doesn't all have to be dualistic hey let's let's play this other song you wanted to play Uh, okay wait wait, can i I pose one more question yeah please please this is from uh ash now um corona protest what do we think of what do we think Corona protests. Uh, So I think that this whole situation is actually orchestrated by powers beyond our even belief or not. Nothing that we can conceptualize is actually, this is a test. This, this, what's happening right now, I feel like, and I'm a wackadoo, so I feel like this is a test to see sort of because we, we should be worried about strange biological warfare, but this is a virus that was concocted to kill fat, dumb people. So I feel like it's perfect for the United States. Oh, like right. it, it's, only, it's only a problem if you're super obese or have diabetes. Or Did you know 33% of our population is obese? Type 2 diabetes yeah. didn't exist in children until like 1989. It didn't exist. We had, there were like so few cases, and now kids, nine-year-olds are getting diabetes because our diets are terrible. And so, is well, because we kind of support it now too. I mean, well, of course, our entire economy is supported by unhealthy things. Like that's everything. Right. Is if you're just regular American, you're 
how many times a week do you eat fast food? Gross, terrible. It should be like a once a month treat, not an everyday food source. And then, oh, like but I. It's cheap. It's cheap, but that's the thing. It's, it's the only option. It's the only option. And so, if if you are looking, if something outside of us is looking at the world and they want to get rid of some really horrible people, like it's the perfect disease. And I, I it's, I, and I'm a, I don't want, I don't want anyone to die ever. I feel like. And I under—I don't understand. I try not to think. I about want old people to die. I think I think people that uh, when they've stayed long enough, they can bounce. I mean, well, like you only get to ride the Ferris wheel for two rotations. That's what you get. That's what everybody gets. Get off. Well, Soylent Green is people, but uh, yeah. when when is when is your? I don't know. I, I also don't think old people should drive. I I don't drive anymore, but and I can't no. see anything. And I'm like, I. Well, we're I, so obsessed with rights. We're so obsessed with entitlement, with everyone's entitlement to be whatever they want. And I think that's, you know, good to a certain extent. But I mean, this even goes for like the Big Is Beautiful campaign. Yes, Big Is Beautiful. Uh, and I don't think that anybody, if you're not, if you're healthy enough, that's fine. You know, you shouldn't try to get skinny just because you want to be pretty, right? Specific health issues. I mean, we what? I mean, the, we, I don't think that we should ever be condoning something that's unhealthy. If, and if you're if you're chubby, who cares, bro? That's an aesthetic, you know. Like that's it's not it's not about health. I mean, it's not about it's not about aesthetics. It's about health, you know. If you're morbidly obese and it's hurting your own ability to live your, I mean, not to live your life. Because if you you know if you want to be obese, fucking do your own thing. But don't tell people that it's a healthy way to live. It's it's not. It's not. Being chubby, yeah, it's fine, dude. What the fuck? Just just because, like, you know, you know, because being uh, well, this is about an entitlement to be whatever you want, whatever you want to be. It's an entitlement to excess. The thing is that the concept that we have obese people, we have so much food and so much that we have diseases that are caused by overconsumption. Look at hoarders, dear lord, they have so much stuff. That it's debilitating and changes their lives and becomes a disease because of excess. There are people with nothing. There are people in Mexico right now building houses out of old garage doors and right. plastic stuff. And we have diseases that ex- that are purely overconsumptive. That's insane to me. Like <laughs> right, right, right. And the thing is, though, but like I guess what, what, what I'm trying to say is that there's a difference between you are allowed to do this and you are you should be allowed to do this between you should do it, you know? You know? Because, like, what if you said hoarding was beautiful? I, I mean, if you well, think it is, then it's yes, beautiful for the economy. You're entitled to that, but if, you know it is also unhealthy. And to it, tell people that it is not unhealthy is disingenuous. But it makes you a good American because you consume, consume, consume. You buy, oh, yeah. buy, buy, consume, buy, consume, buy, consume. buy, buy, Marvel buy. movies, Marvel movies, Marvel movies, Marvel movies. Oh, my God. I, you know what? You know what? The biggest... People talk about not about hating capitalism all they want, but as soon as they sell merchandise that's anti-capitalism, we eat it the fuck up <laughs> to validate feminist AF T-shirts, bro. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Just I, I mean, the fact that you buy shit and okay, I fucking hate Marvel movies, dog. 
fucking hate Marvel movies. It's championing mediocrity. I didn't, I never, I couldn't even watch Black Panther the whole way through. I watched the first 15 minutes and I was bored and it made me feel like a bad person and I can't believe I just admitted that on air because it makes me sound like a racist and it isn't because it was black, it was just boring. It was 15 minutes in and I was like, I'm not into this story. Am I supposed to love this story? And people are like, you love Black Panther. And I was like, I couldn't watch it, I'm sorry. first Black Panther movie, Black Panther movie one is important because of representation. I get that. Black Panther movie two is just weaponizing that same lack of representation for money. I didn't I don't even know, if know there was. A, I didn't know they will. I didn't know there was a There's second one. There's going to be one. a Mexican Panther and a fucking Asian Panther. You're just weaponizing people's own lack, the lack of representation that you created, to make even more money off this shit. Fuck superhero movies, dog. I don't care. And people that say, oh, you don't like them, it's popular, it makes it cool. Right, but just because it's popular does not mean that it's good at all. Marvel movies suck. Bitch. Well, no, and they're all bad. Popularity. You know who wins? Popularity uh, is. I don't. I don't agree with it because it's championing mediocrity. When we say exactly. this is the the thing that okay, so I have this one rant I love to do. Uh, Sausage Party costs nineteen million dollars to make, and I feel like it's the worst animated movie that ever existed in the history like of it. animation. They open. Like they open with a song where they rhyme fuck with fuck. I just couldn't get on board. I was like, oh, rich That's people want to make more money. Look at this. And it was so, the tropes were so like, oh, the falafel and the blah, 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 what do we have in common? Hummus, blah, blah, taco, and the, anyway, the whole thing was I like, did. ugh. But it was $19 million to make. And I always say, you could have given a million dollars to 19 different amazing filmmakers. 19 beautiful, amazing, hilarious, incredible, wonderful films could have been made instead of this piece of dog shit. And, right. uh, when I see... Well, here, here's the argument that I love to make, the rant that I love to make about the exact same thing. Mass communication is antithetical to art, because art is about the relationship between the artist, the art, and the individual. The individual has to turn this object into art, you know? And so once you make it mass communication for as many people to turn it into art, you have to take away the subtlety, you know? Mm-hmm. There's literally no way to make art that is profound to every single person that looks at it. I'm going to disagree and say Star Wars. I'm going to say the first three Star Wars. That it was universally popular, but also had deeper subtlety that people could apply or not apply. It was entertaining to the masses, but also had potentially deeper meaning. It's okay, you can disagree with me. You don't have to love Star Wars like me. It's okay, you don't have to love Star Wars. It's fine. Although Rogue I One was the best. Say, what I, what I, I guess, well, movies, it, it, so that doesn't count as art to me as much as it is entertainment. And I think that's what pop is, you mm. know? And I, I think that art can be entertaining, but not all entertainment is art. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And, and, and so yes. the, I think that you couldn't necessarily, like, like, you can make a, like, the most, poetry, for example. There, I don't think there is a single poem that hits, if, like, there is no way to make a mass-produced, commercially popular poetry. Robert Frost. That is, any, but that is, any, but, here's, but here's what I'm going to say about that. That is anything but, like, appeals to identity or you're supposed to like it or is bland enough for everybody to be known. You know what? I, I can't defend this point to, as much as I'd like to, so I'm going to just concede defeat. <laughs> 
I, because you know what, you know what, I, I remember one time, I think I was on Germs, I came up with this, this idea, and I, you know, I still think that I'm right, and I had a really good, I wrote like a three-page manifesto on it, and you know what, I just can't access the same information on it as I, as I had, so you know what, you make two good points, Robert Frost, though, I don't, I don't agree with that, because you can just make something that's like bland enough, you, you can't, you can't make art that's, that's good, great, great art is antithetical to a large release, a mass communication of it, because it has to be specific and profound to the individual. E. E. Robert Cummings. Frost is good. Mm, no, they're e. both e. Cummings, a little bit bland. The Wee Balloon Man, Far bland. and Wee. Robert Frost, what is the most famous Robert Frost song? Stopping by stopping Woods on a wood, Snowy Evening. Stopping in the Woods on a Snowy Evening and the two roads diverge in yellow. Yes, right? yes. Both Dude. of those are, in, are blank slates for emotion. I don't think you could ever have, like, I don't think you could ever have a poem that is so, like, specific and subtle and profound be as successful as those because it has to, because the best art is very, very individual between the viewer and the thing. And that's why I think that the best music is like indie rock, you know, because it's about your personal relationship with this person, with this thing that is uniquely yours in this unique way that you share it with nobody but yourself. Okay, let me... And let, I guess... Sorry, I, I, can, I can negate you on this with the popularity thing. Stephen King. Amazing fiction. Incredibly popular. Nah, totally so personal. It's entertaining, but that's entertaining. Entertaining, but there are so many books, and I, he writes literature. He has many short stories that are fucking literature. And he has a whole... I mean, he's written like 88 novels now and every i mean the 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 pantheon of Stephen King is so big and it's so widely yeah. relatable and accessible and yeah. entertaining and it's
Focus my 
Welcome to Weekly Review. This is Roman. This is a pre-recorded episode. Today is Wednesday, September 21st, and this will most likely be played on Friday, September 23rd. So, just heard a song called Pigs Will Pay. Amadeus, Amadeus, Amadeus. tend to agree with Camus and Sartre that a man cannot condemn himself. Were he to condemn himself, he would then have to inflict punishment upon himself. An example would be the Nazis. Any prisoner, any of the Nazi prisoners, who admitted after he was caught and incarcerated that uh, he committed crimes, that he killed all the many people that he killed, he committed suicide. The only ones who were able to stay alive were the ones who never admitted that they committed the crimes against people. That is, the ones who rationalized that Jews were not human beings and deserved to be killed, or that they were only following orders. 
On a more immediate scene, the officials and the population of the white population in uh, Neshoba County, Mississippi, that's uh, where Philadelphia was, could not, could not condemn Rainey, his deputies, and the other 14 men that killed three human beings. They could not because they elected Mr. Rainey to do precisely what he did and that for them to condemn him will be for them to condemn themselves. In a much larger view, Snick says that white America cannot... MDS. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Check, check. One. One, two, one, two. One, two, one, two.
ハロー Now then, before we move on, we ought to develop the white supremacy attitudes that we're either conscious or subconscious of, and how they run rampant through the society today. For example, the missionaries were sent to Africa. They went with the attitude that blacks were automatically inferior. As a matter of fact, the first act the missionaries did, you know, when they get to Africa, was to make us cover up our bodies because they said it got them excited. We couldn't go bare-breasted anymore because they got excited. Now, when the missionaries came to civilize us because we were uncivilized, educate us because we were uneducated, and give us some, some literate studies because we were illiterate, they charged a price. The missionaries came with the Bible, and we had the land. When they left, they had the land, and we still have the Bible. And that has been the rationalization for Western civilization as it moves across the world and stealing and plundering and raping everybody in its path. Their one rationalization is that the rest of the world is uncivilized, and they are in fact civilized, and they are uncivilized. And that runs on today, you see, because what we have today is that we have what we call um, modern-day Peace Corps uh, missionaries, and they come into our ghettos, and they head start uh, upward lift, bootstrap, and upward bound us into white society. Because they don't want to face the real problem, which is a man is poor for one reason and one reason only. 
because he does not have money, period. If you want to get rid of poverty, you give people money, period. And you ought not to tell me about people who don't work and you can't give people money without working because if that were true, you'd have to start stopping Rockefeller, Bobby Kennedy, Lyndon Bain Johnson, Lady Bird Johnson, the Hall of Standard Oil, the Gulf Club, all of them. Including probably a large number of the Board of Trustees of this university. So the question then clearly is not whether or not one can work, it's who has power. Who has power to make his or her act legitimate. That is all. And that this country, that power is invested in the hands of white people, and they make their act legitimate. It is now, therefore, for black people to make our act legitimate. Now, we are engaged in a psychological struggle in this country, and that is whether or not black people will have the right to use the words they want to use without white people giving their sanction to it. And that we maintain whether they like it or not, we're going to use the word black power and let them address themselves to that. But that we are not going to wait for white people to sanction black power. We're tired waiting. Every time black people move in this country, they're forced to defend their position before they move. It's time that the people who are supposed to be defending their position do that. That's white people. They ought to start defending themselves as to why they have oppressed and exploited us. Now, it is clear that when this country started to move in terms of slavery, the reason for a man being pictured as a slave was one reason, because of the color of his skin. If one was black, one was automatically inferior, inhuman, and therefore fit for slavery. So that the question of whether or not we are individually suppressed is nonsensical and it's a downright lie. We are oppressed as a group because we are black. Not because we're lazy, not because we're apathetic, not because we're stupid, not because we smell, not because we eat watermelon and have good rhythm. We are oppressed because we are black. And in order to get out of that oppression, one must feel the group power that one has, not the individual power which this country then sets the criteria under which a man may come into it. That is what is called in this country as integration. You do what I tell you to do and then we'll let you sit at the table with us. And that we are saying that we have to be opposed to that. We must now set a criteria and that if there's going to be any integration, it's going to be a two-way thing. If you believe in integration, you can come live in what? You can send your children to the ghetto schools. Let's talk about that. If you believe in integration, then we're going to start adopting us some white people to live in our neighborhood. So it is clear that the question is not one of integration or segregation. Integration is a man's ability to want to move in there by himself. If someone wants to live in a white neighborhood and he is black, that is his choice. It should be his right. It is not because white people will not allow him. So vice versa, if a black man wants to live in the slums, that should be his right. Black people will let him. That is the difference. And it's a difference on which this country makes a number of logical mistakes when they begin to try to criticize the program articulated by SNCC. Now, we maintain that we cannot be afford to be concerned about 6% of the children in this country, black children, who you allow to come into white schools. We have 94% who still live in shacks. 
we are going to be concerned about those 94%. You ought to be concerned about them too. The question is, are we willing to be concerned about those 94%? Are we willing to be concerned about the black people who will never get to Berkeley, who will never get to Harvard, and cannot get an education, so you'll never get a chance to rub shoulders with them and say, well, he's almost as good as we are. He's not like the others. The question is, how can white society begin to move to see black people as human beings? I am black, therefore I am. Not that I am black and I must go to college to prove myself. I am black, therefore I am. And don't deprive me of anything and say to me that you must go to college before you gain access to X, Y, and Z. It is only a rationalization for one's oppression. The, the political parties in this country do not meet the needs of people on a day-to-day -day basis. The question is how can we build new political institutions that will become the political expressions of people on a day-to-day -day basis? The question is how can you build political institutions that will begin to meet the needs of Oakland, California? And the needs of Oakland, California is not 1,000 policemen with submachine guns. They don't need that. They need that least of all. Hello. The question is how can hello. we build hello. institutions hello. where those people can begin to hello. function on hello. a day-to-day -day basis, where they can get decent hello. jobs, hello. where they can get decent houses, and where they can begin to participate in the policy and major decisions that affect their lives. That's what they need, not Gestapo troops, because this is not 1942, and if you play like Nazis, we're playing back with you this time around. Get hip to that. The question then is how can white people move to start making the major institutions that they have in this country function the way it is supposed to function? That is the real question. And can white people move inside their own community and start tearing down racism where in fact it does exist? Where it exists. It is you who live in Cicero and stop us from living there. It is white people who stop us from moving into Grenada. It is white people who make sure that we live in the ghettos of this country. It is white institutions that do that. They must change in order, in order for America to really live on a basic principle of human relationships. A new society must be born. Racism must die and the economic exploitation of this country and non-white peoples around the world must also die must also die. Now there are several programs that we have in the South amongst some poor white communities. We're trying to organize poor whites on a base where they can begin to move around the question of economic exploitation and political disfranchisement. We know we've heard this theory several times, but few people are willing to go into there. The question is, can the white activist not try to be a Pepsi generation who comes alive in the black community, but can he be a man who's willing to move into the white community and start organizing where the organization is needed? Can he do that? The question is, can the white 
society or the white activists disassociate themselves with two clowns who waste time parrying with each other rather than talking about the problems that are facing people in this state. Can you disassociate yourself with those clowns and start to build new institutions that will eliminate all idiots like them? And the question is, if we are going to do that, when and where do we start and how do we start? We maintain that we must start doing that inside the white community. Our own personal position politically is that we don't think the Democratic Party represents the needs of black people. We know it don't. And that if, in fact, white people really believe that, the question is if they're going to move inside that structure, how are they going to organize around a concept of whiteness based on true brotherhood and based on stopping exploitation, economic exploitation, so that there will be a coalition base for black people to hook up with. You cannot form a coalition based on national sentiment. That is not a coalition. If you need a coalition to redress itself to real changes in this country, white people must start building those institutions inside the white community. And that is the real question, I think, facing the white activists today. Can they, in fact, begin to move into and tear down the institutions which have put us all in a trick bag that we've been into for the last hundred years? I don't think...